Let's Talk Home Repair is sponsored by Matriarchy Build, who provide tele-DIY services connecting homeowners to vetted pros for one-on-one video consultations. Visit matriarchybuild.com to get guidance on projects as small as a leaky faucet or as big as a home remodel. You can even book a session with Amy themselves. Visit www.matriarchybuild.com. Tele-DIY. Like telehealth? Yeah. Cool. I know. Hi, I'm Amy, general contractor. And I'm Alicia, homeowner, and we're talking home home repair. repair. On this episode, we are going to talk about tool batteries. A little different spin on maintenance. A little different spin on maintenance, yeah. So instead of taking care of your house, taking care of your tools, and we're starting with the batteries on your battery-run tools and how to keep those healthy. And then uh, we're going to talk a little bit about... um, remodeling timeline especially if you're running your own remodel what do you where do you start right how do you schedule things what happens in what order we talked a little bit about that on the basement check-in right uh, the remodel that's happening here at the studio uh, down in the basement thinking about what order things happen in so we're going to revisit that right Maybe if somebody's not. if somebody's looking to do their bathroom or their kitchen or that kind yeah. of thing and they're just what's the first thing to think right about? one of the things could be just overwhelmed and, yeah and it's like where do i even start so we're gonna help you out with that sounds hopefully. good sounds good yep. so let's start with uh batteries batteries on the tools these are like 12 volt 15 volt 18 volt right those batteries with yep. different kind of amperages how do we keep them running because uh, they are expensive they are they're like more expensive almost than the tools themselves. Yes. And you really want them to last. And you know, what I love about doing this podcast (laughs) is the stuff I learn. (laughs) I'm serious. Okay. So last episode, tool subscription. Oh yeah. Very excited about that. (laughs) One before that, color of the year. Oh yeah. I mean, (laughs) just this stuff is great. So so gold. Okay, right. And and okay. Yeah, they are just batteries for your cordless tools but your cordless tools are, are they're expensive yeah. they are expensive and the tool the, and the batteries are expensive and how do you keep them from you know deteriorating let me ask you yep do you uh, does your tool fail first or does your battery in your experience battery i think so too all the time they're making tools really good right really strong right. and robust it's the battery that's going to crap out and, on and you. for a homeowner Right, that that you use it maybe every weekend, but you, I mean you're not you're not pounding on these things all the time or throwing them around and and using right. them every day. And you know when I was out in the field and using them every day, um, it was still the battery. I, it was still the battery, right? Wow. And and I I'm not a De- Dewalt user, right? Which is you know, one of the top of the line kind of things. You know yeah. I'm Ryobi all the way, which is a really good brand for for a homeowner. Yeah. Um, and I've had great success with them. Um, and it's always been the battery that that kaputs. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's, and I learned quite a bit when, when I, I was do doing put the one caveat. On yeah. The batteries are very good. They do, if you take care of them, right. they can last, last a, long, a time. long time. They're not throwaway. No. You know, people no. aren't trying to, to scam on you about batteries. No. They're really strong, but right. you do need to take care and of them. And if you take care of and and as I went through this list, it's like, oh, I don't do that. Oh, I don't. Ah. Oh, I don't. Oh, oh. Okay, so so I hope you get something out of this, and you know everybody's going to pull their cordless stuff out and you know look at it and and take a little bit better care of your batteries. Exactly. So okay, um, one of the, so these are things that can that can shorten life, 
And uh, one of the first things is keeping them on the charger. And I am guilty of that. Oh, okay. I have the... Is that still true? Yes. This And this is for, this is not nickel cadmium. I'm not, not talking nickel cadmium batteries, which is the older ones. Right. These are the lithium ion batteries. Okay. Right? Which is what you're getting now in the market. Um, so keeping it on the charger all the time, apparently will overcharge it, mm-hmm. which then is damaging to it. And I am guilty of that, right? I'll take it out of my, because I have a cordless lawnmower. Take it out of that, throw it on the, and well, now there could be one on the charger right now as I speak in my garage, and I haven't cut the grass in I don't know how long. Right. So, so you know, leaving it on the charger. Don't do that. I am not guilty of that. You are not? They live on my tools. Really? Yeah. And I'm, I always think about, it's nice to hear that because I always think about, oh, should I be keeping these mm-hmm. on the battery charger? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know how much I used it last weekend or last week right. or the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, because I'm in one family of tools, the four batteries that I have work on the six different right. you know, things yep. that I have yep. on them. So they usually live on some tool. Okay. Do you have indicator lights on there that tell you? The, on the one of them, on okay. one of the newer That's ones. That's a more recent thing that they've been doing. That well, is kind of nice. More recent, but... Um, the, just a, couple, just a like few years, brand, though. Brand new. When, when lithium-ion first came out, um, there weren't many that were actually doing the indicator lights. But I think more right. and more, it's just a given that there's that that's what they're doing. Um Next thing is storing dead batteries for a long time. For a long time. Now, that's, that's oh, 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 storing mean, the dead batteries. Okay, and so I'd be guilty of that For long probably. periods of time. Right, right. So you want to actually have a charge on it when you go to store it. Okay. You don't want to, it's like, okay, I'm done with that. I'm not going to, all right, done with this drill. The battery's dead. I'm done, and I'm not coming back to this project until next month. Right, okay. Yeah, so you want to give it a little bit of a charge and then put it away. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, completely draining the battery, which I am guilty of. I think you're guilty of that. I think I'm Not guilty you. of every one of I these. <laughs> I am impressed with how much work a battery will do, mm-hmm. except for yard tools. Particularly the weed whackers, I think, suck up a lot of juice. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why they move to them having two batteries on them, because they just take so much out. Right. My weed whacker won't work. 20 minutes. Oh. We'll, t- we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. There's one another, another point here. All right. So completely draining it. Uh, well, with older, the nickel cadmium, they wanted you to do that because they, they said that the, the nickel cadmium had um, a, memory a memory of sorts, right? So if you didn't completely drain it, you only brought it down halfway and then charged it, then it would only keep and take half a charge. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, but for for the lithium ion, you don't want to do that. You want to give it a little bit. And when it starts running slow, right? You know, it's like, uh, it's almost so out. So catch it. Go ahead and switch it out until it, yeah. you know, and I'm so guilty of that, that be going along, going along. And then it's just like, oh, I got nothing. It's tricky though, because um, you do kind of have to catch it quickly. Yeah. Because- sometimes you do. Because sometimes like impact driver, it just stops. Right. It's going great. And then it just stops. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's that's a tricky but one. But that's looking at the indicator light, too. I'm busy. I'm working, <laughs> I'm working on something. We'll, we'll talk to you when you have to go buy a new battery, <laughs> right? How busy were you <laughs> exactly. at 70 bucks a pop? Yeah. If not more. 100. Yeah. Out of the McKee yep. ones. Some of them. Um, storing batteries that are fully charged. Okay, wait a minute. You just said don't store it empty. You give it a little bit. You give it a 20-minute charge. You want it to be at about 50%. You don't want to do them fully charged. And what are they considering storage? 
Like, That's a long time. Like, like over you're going to let it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would say, yeah, up to a month, past a month. If you're going to, you know, be bringing them out every weekend or so, I think that would be okay. But yeah, they didn't define long time. I'm just saying that would have been helpful. Um, but <laughs> can we write a comment on this article? <laughs> sure. You bet. <laughs> you bet. Especially if that full batter is exposed to, to high temperatures then it is very susceptible to um, first degrading and explosion. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Again, so, that's very high temperatures. No, that's like 120, 100, 120. So the and trunk it, of your car in the summer gets hotter than that. So is it safer if it has less of a charge, if yes. you're going to expose it to heat? Yes. You still don't want to expose sure. those to heat. You want to keep them cool, but but a, a one with less charge is definitely going to be a little bit safer than, than oh, a full interesting. charge. Interesting. I know. Isn't this great? Yeah. Oh. Um, proper storage. Which is? You don't want to, like, throw them in the pickup of your truck. There's, you got to think you about it. You don't want to bang them around. Right. There's the, the energy cell. There's an energy cell in there. There's wiring in there. And then there's electronics that are in there. It doesn't look like much. I mean, it's just, the, and oh my God, I don't know how many times mine have dropped on the floor and just like bounced on the concrete. <laughs> yeah. And pick it up, put it back in and off I go. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're, you know, keep them in, in the, the box that they came in. Sometimes they'll, I know Makita's a good one for, for giving uh, boxes with the tools. Yes. Yeah. Um, Ryobi does the Bags padded, the padded yeah. bag kind of thing, but keep them in there and don't have them floating all over the place, you know, in the tool in the trunk of your car mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, you get a metal uh, toolbox and you just throw it in there. It's like mm, that's not such a good idea. Okay, treat them as the electronics they are. Right. Yep. Um, exposing them to extreme heat. So at eighty degrees, above eighty degrees, the battery will start to degrade. And if you get up to a hundred degrees or one hundred and twenty, then you're really starting to to uh, wow. have rapid damage. And I know that I've had my tools in my car in the middle of summer. Yeah. Um, and or even of, when you're working, try to yeah. just toss it in the, the shaded area. Sitting in the sun, than, right, yeah. definitely can can be um, exposed to that high temperature. Wow. Um, unlike uh, the nickel cadmium batteries, storing on concrete, so actually storing on concrete is actually good for it. Like nickel cadmium batteries, you should not have, you, you shouldn't put them on concrete floors. Why? Because it drains the battery. It's not good for the Why? battery. How? What's the physics on that? I don't know what the chemistry is, but you're that's, a chemistry person. Wow, well, I'm not a carpenter <laughs> either. <laughs> um, no, that was that that was something that I was told years ago, um, and I've had it uh, um, verified, right? But I don't know what I don't know what the chemistry is behind it. If you know what there the is. chemistry is, and you're out there listening, please send us a note at askamyandamyworks.com because I find that very interesting. Do you think it's a temperature thing? No, I don't think so. Okay. Maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. But the fact that they would go out of their way to say it, store it on cement is well, interesting. Don't store it on cement. Nickel cadmium batteries, you do not want to store on concrete. You don't want to just set it well, on we're talking concrete about the lithium. floor. But the lithium for cool, be, to, keeps it cooler. That's so the only it is reason. a temperature thing. For the, for the lithium ion batteries, yes. Oh, it's you did know the answer for that. I'm sorry. For that part. Not protecting them from moisture. That makes sense. Yeah. Again, all these kind of run along the lines of treating them like electronics. Right. More than just this chunk that you put into a tool. Yeah. That gets... Because they're nice and heavy. You feel like throwing them somewhere. Right. You know, just drop it down on the floor and right. It, right, it should be fine. No, it is a fine electronic. That's expensive. Yeah. Um. So 
um, the the moisture will wreak havoc on the the wiring, the energy cell, um, and just moisture and in the inside. the air, or or it's talking specifically. Well, water. in my case, right, I don't know how many times I've worked where you know I've got my tools out and it starts to rain, mm-hmm. and I continue working. I'm working with cordless tools. It doesn't matter. I don't have an, an extension cord. Look at how right? safe I am. Right. I don't have so electricity I just, here. You know, I got 15 minutes and I just want to finish this. Mm-hmm. And so things get wet, throw them back in the bag, throw them in the truck, and there it sets. Yeah. And you pull them out and it's like, oh, that's kind of gross. <laughs> so, and never wipe them off. So I'm not good with my tools. <laughs> don't do like I do. Right. Uh, so yeah, so like wipe them off. If wipe them become... off, and you know if it starts raining, them raining, you know pull them in, mm-hmm. put, cover them up, something like that. And then um, not allowing them to cool down, mm. and because of the heat, right? Heat degrades. So if you're using it consistently, it gets warm, especially if it's in the summer. Mm-hmm. And then taking it directly from there and putting it on the charger. Mm-hmm. which is going to increase that heat again, mm-hmm. or taking it off of the charger and putting it onto the tool and start using it hard Interesting. right away. It's yeah. not allowing it to cool down. You know, give it 15 minutes to just cool down a little bit. Or yeah. another argument for having a second or third right, battery. multiple batteries. Right, I always recommend, you know, at least two. Mm-hmm. At least two. Uh-huh. So I wonder what their thought is. One of my Makita chargers is a um, speed charger. Oh, really? Yeah, and it's you know built to charge it very quickly mm-hmm. um, for that idea of that you can just use it again real fast. Right, but, right. But I bet I it doesn't do. Idea. I bet it doesn't do one hundred percent charge. I wonder. I wonder if not. Like you know, I, I have the electric car right that I drive mm-hmm. right, and you can go to these superchargers, mm-hmm. which is four hundred and forty volt which is twice of what the charger I have at home. Right. But it only does an 80% charge. It won't take it to it 100%. It won't take 100% charge. It'll, it'll, it stops at 80%. Big old lithium-ion battery. Yeah, sure, mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of parts. sense. Uh, even uh, when I bought the car, um, I was told not to use rubber mats in the car because the heat from, because the batteries are under the floor. And the heat needs to dissipate, so you need to keep the carpeted. Don't put rubber mats in there. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I wonder so, what they're going to do about the trucks then. Why? Well, because, like, the, for example, the Ford Lightnings, mm-hmm. you're going to have people in muck. And they're not going to want to put their stuff on They may carpeting. have, I don't know, they may have a cooling system or may, yeah. I have no idea. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Ordering's starting soon on those. By the way, so you had a reservation you didn't have an order in, because order means give me money. Right? No, no, no. They're not. They're not. They have not had that available. It's starting, I think, on Friday, where you can start to, you can start to put it together, and then they're gonna, you know, contact you and say your number's up. Do you want to order it? And then you order it. Do you have I to put, won't get one until 2013, 2023. But do you have money you have to put down? I don't know. I've never ordered a car before. Oh. I have no idea how that works. <laughs> We'll see. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> not really. We kind of went off. We're talking about down. electricity, we, we electronics. Are. We are. Um, okay. Not allowing them to cool down. Using the wrong battery for the with the wrong tool. In the case of your weed eater. Mm-hmm. So tools that take 
a, take a lot of power. They need a lot of power, like your circular saw, your grinder, your weed eater. You want to make sure that you're using the battery that's got a higher amperage. Right. Right. Like they range between, I think there's one like 1.4 maybe up to six and then they'll change voltage yeah but if you're using like your weed eater do you have a six amp hour battery it didn't come with a six it came with a four but can you buy a, i bet if you got a six they, then you probably would be able to do a whole lot more with that probably. weed eater than than using the smaller battery they might have the six i know they have a five for sure i mean my batteries are older yeah um but but that's yeah. the thing. Is, and, and you've got to look on them to find what yeah. – and what does that mean? Right. Well, it's more power to it, right? It's that they're all the same voltage, right? They're all 18 volts or 14 or 20 – 21. Um, 21? I don't think 24. so. 24, I think. Yeah, it's like 7.2 between them. It's like 7.2 and 14 and 21. No, I don't know what I'm talking about. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Anyway, um, so yeah, using the the higher amp hour batteries for the tools that require more power mm-hmm. is yeah. will so the chainsaws right the you'll saws. be more successful that way, and it's not as damaging because you only have about three hundred to five hundred charges on a battery. Start right. putting the marks on the right. wall. So if you're using this this battery that's only got two amp hours and every 20 minutes you're having to recharge it you're really going through those 300 charges really quickly yeah and, and the life of that battery is I do really think declining about that. Yeah. yeah yeah i had not even thought about that it's like that makes sense yeah yeah interesting that's what i got on batteries that was pretty cool right that's pretty cool yeah that's because it's uh i think sometimes i think about it and i then i don't know what the real answer is mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. really nice to have that all in one yeah. place. And So keep it at 50% charged to store them. Don't store them empty. Don't store them completely full. That's tricky. And protect them. I think just some char- some there, somewhere in the middle, I think, is going to be better than, than totally empty and fully charged. I mean, no, I, I love it when I've got like eight batteries and they've all got a full charge on them. I feel so Feels happy. good. It does. It's like, yeah, I'm not supposed to be doing Shoot. that. Shoot. See, a lot of my, I only have one battery that has an indicator. So I guess I kind of have to do it by learn time, I guess. Yeah. To say, oh, that usually takes 20 minutes to charge. So just mm-hmm. leave it on for 10. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's so active. I might fail. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not like you did at your home maintenance. Oh. Anyway, moving really? on. Really? Well. You want to hurt my feelings. <laughs> I'd have to say more than that to hurt yeah! your feelings. <laughs> That's where you're wrong. <laughs> I'm sorry, Alicia. No, that's right. <laughs> no, no, no. Again, good maintenance things. That's, I might become a believer in maintenance. Okay. Oh. Dang it. Oh. I know. Okay. So we were also going to talk today about um, remodeling again. This mm-hmm. time we're talking specifically about how do you build your timeline. Right. And this goes for both um, if you're going to tackle the job yourself, Mm -hmm. right? You're actually hands-on. What are you going to do? Or you're going to act as your own general contractor Mm -hmm. and hire all the work out. Or just as a um, consumer. Right, consumer. And and you've 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 hired a general contractor, but just being aware of what's going on, what's coming next, and and having an idea of, you know, how does this remodeling process go? Yeah. Um, So, and I know that, you know, remodeling is a huge undertaking. And I mean, it is even for me, I'm thinking about, you know, I've been working on my kitchen design for six months and I haven't done anything about it. (laughs) 
So, and it, it is, it's, it's just overwhelming. How about this? I come and help you with your kitchen remodel when you decide to pull the trigger. No, I want you to design it. Oh, I'll help you design it. Oh, I would love that because I just, I'm not good at that. I've got all the measurements oh. and everything. Deal. So where do you start? So, you, so you've been doing the design and pricing section or not even that yet because... I got the measurements for the kitchen. That's pretty much it. That's all I've done. <laughs> all right. And then I look at it and it's like, I don't know what I want to do here because I'm not a designer. Not a carpenter, chemist, or, or designer. What the hell are you? I'm a business owner okay, and a go. podcaster, apparently. <laughs> How am I doing? Pretty good. <laughs> um, so the... the one of the biggest hurdles to come overcome is just feeling overwhelmed with the entire process because mm -hmm. there are so many decisions that need to be made and so many moving pieces. And where do I even start? Mm -hmm. So getting a good plan down and written down. So I kind of wanted to go through the steps just to give you an idea of, you know, so then you can start filling in the pieces on each of these steps. Right, right, right. So, of course, you're going to have... I'm going to take some notes. Okay, take some notes. Well, you're really good at the planning part, and that's your first step is the planning part and and knowing what you want to do and um, what do you want to do with the space? I mean, right. More of like a goal level of this is right. These are the problems I'm trying to solve. This is how I want it to work differently exactly. or how I want it to work the same. Right. Those kind of bigger questions. Right. Right. What do I want that end product to look like mm -hmm. and the function? Mm -hmm. Budget. You, you got to have a budget. Unless Even you if don't it care and, you know, if you have the money to spend, then, you know, you don't have to have a budget. But that's not many people that can go into a remodel and not have some kind of a budget. Even if you don't know what things are going to cost, mm -hmm. you have to know what you can spend. Right. What you can spend. Right. And then you because can right talk now, to... You don't know how much anything's going to cost. Right. Right. So. And I know there was a, there was an article competitor of mine here in Seattle actually had a newsletter that came out and I read it and, and they had um, written down or they had talked about what the costs for remodeling in the Seattle area for a kitchen are. Mm -hmm. And, you know, totally agreed with them. Start out $50,000 if you are just giving it a facelift. Right. So do a little bit of research to figure out what you can think about spending. Don't look at the prices from Nashville because that's not going to work. Or, 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 you know, Texas, Alabama or yeah. Texas, because it's, you know, you, you got it for your area, local, right? Yeah. Think about that. Um, so budget and, and then planning and making sure, and make sure that you and your partner, if you have somebody that you're going to be making decisions with, you are on the same page because that is such, I've said it before. We've said it before, but it's so I've important. I've said it before, you know, being on the same page while you're doing a, a renovation like that is is going to make a whole lot of difference because if you're arguing about it, it's just, it's awful. Okay. It, it has caused divorces. <sighs> and that's, we're not looking for that. We want nice everybody. Nice kitchen, but you're divorced. We want, yeah, you won't be able to. And not even to live in it. And neither one of you get it because you have to sell the house. Exactly. Okay, so planning. So then there's the demo part of it. And that's getting rid of the old stuff. And getting ready for the new stuff. Um, a couple of things that you want to think about are how old is your house? If it's older than 1978, mm -hmm. you should do lead-based paint testing. testing? Lead-based paint. Yes. Needs to be tested, right, for your family safety. Also, depending upon... Can if you use just the ones you can buy or do you need to have somebody come in and do it for you? You can just use one of the ones... We buy the ones from, from uh, the big box store. Okay. And use those, the 3M testers. Um, and they're accurate. Okay, great. It's just, you know, if you get a pink color, then you've got lead-based paint. Um, and, you know, you 
are not necessarily required as the homeowner to do lead-based paint abatement, but I really suggest it because it is just a health hazard for you and especially for your kids. Especially right? for kids. It's just, yeah. it, just don't mess with it. Just do it. Um, In fact, my theory is that half of America has been licking lead paint. That's what it and is. And that's why everybody's going <laughs> insane right? because they didn't abate their lead paint. I'm, I'm sure. That's my theory. I'm okay. Going to it. All right. So, and and also um, asbestos. If you're uh, ripping up old vinyl flooring, um, then that stuff can often have asbestos in it. Either the the glue that holds it down or the the vinyl itself. The and is that something itself. you can test or no? No, you have to take it to a lab. But it only costs like maybe fifty bucks. Okay. To get it tested, you know, take them a square that's about the size of a quarter, and you know, send it and just hey, can you do this? And it takes them a couple of days. So have that all and done. not not sexy stuff to do, but just really important stuff to do. Yeah, it's yeah. it's your safety. Take the time. Definitely your safety. All right, so you've got it all demoed. Now you're gonna have the plumbers come in. Okay. You got questions? Well, I would say you need to assess materials before you start pulling vanities up and counters up because that's all in your planning process. Well, I'm just saying then maybe talk about more what that planning, because we just talked about what you want the end product to be and then what your budget is. Mm-hmm. But as part of that, it's also refining that and saying, I'm going to need this much square footage of this. So decisions have to be made before you start demoing. Yes. Okay. I, was, I wasn't getting that deep. Well, I just wanted, yeah. you know. Yeah, I wasn't getting that deep. Just because just... demo was so fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. People may jump Jump that. before they should. Right. Because, oh, we should have kept that vanity because right. it was custom built and, yeah. Right. And seeing are the materials in, are going to be in stock or get them ordered if they're going to take a few weeks because you don't want to, it will just take a long time if you don't have all that stuff prepared and part of your schedule. Right, right. Okay, so we'll step That's back. We'll we'll step back. Hold on the demo. We put we that need- sledgehammer down. <laughs> We're not going to use the sledgehammer anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna do hammer only. Right. We're gonna do we're gonna do more planning. Okay. So we are gonna have, you know, what materials do we need? Um, you know, are are you putting in a new bathtub? Are you putting in new cabinets? Uh are you gonna be doing Assume you're gonna need some plumbing done. Even if you're not moving something. Right. And I always suggest when people are doing a remodel like that to um, have the shutoff valves underneath your sink or under the toilet um, replaced. Right. Because like the old valve, you know, that for that whole house, sometimes they're as old as the house themselves. And just have a plumber come in and and change those out. So brand new and it's not going to leak when you get everything back together. If I can harken back a couple episodes, yes. when my bathroom faucet was frozen, I was thinking, oh, I'd love to take off the, the faucet because I, I didn't think it was frozen pipes. I live in Seattle. What are you nuts? I was like, oh, a piece of calcium has gotten in the wrong place. I want to take the faucet out and clean it up. And so I went underneath to Uh-oh. go turn off the shutoff valves. And one was just like really contorted because somebody needed a pliers to turn it on and off. And so I didn't even touch him. Again, I'm just thinking, oh man, it's cold. And I was starting to think, oh, Mm -hmm. is it a frozen Mm -hmm. pipe? I could not turn them with my hands. Wow. And there was no way I was going to put a wrench on it. And then I looked and it was all clawed up. And I'm like, oh, these haven't been able to be turned by your hands for a long time. They could be original. Yeah, so I definitely recommend that. Yeah, make sure uh, the flange for your 
Well, this is not this is not in the plumbing. This is after the demo, so we won't go. Right, there. right, right. We won't go there. We won't go and, there. and we don't need to go too much <clears throat> in the planning, but but right. but the planning step is a long piece of it, and it it's down to materials, right? And the way the supply chain is right now, you want to make sure that you're able to get the things that you want for your remodel, right? How long is the cabinet? Is it going to take for the cabinets? You you could be twelve weeks out for for cabinets. It could be five months before you're able to get that new refrigerator. Um, and those are kind of things that you want to have all lined up. So if you're looking to do a remodel this year, I suggest you really start now really thinking about it to get everything together. If you're just like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Let's get it. Can you start next month? Like there's a lot of planning that's got to go in. You, know, you probably take a good two or three months just to plan it and get it all together. And, and talk to your vendors. Right. I mean, really talk to your vendors, maybe even talk to a consultant to make sure that you're thinking about the things in the right order. Right. Yep. Um, things that you maybe have forgotten. So right. that's all I wanted to expound upon right. on the planning. Good. Thank you. I, I appreciate you bringing me back. <laughs> bringing me back. All right. So now we can demo. Now we got it. Right. So, <laughs> and I suggest that you have all of that stuff in-house. You've got, you, it's sitting in your garage waiting to be installed. Um, oh, you want all materials start. in? I do, unless you I absolutely for sure know that if, you, if you're putting white subway tile in, that you know for a fact that you can go down to the big box store and you can get all the subway tile that you need. And if you know for a fact, you should just get it. Right, exactly. And and then because, one, it could be cheaper now than it is in two months. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you don't have to worry about it. It's mm-hmm. all right there. And, you know, you're not making 47 trips to the store. Yep. It's it's crazy how and remember many Remember to do your calculations and then get 10% more. At least 10. I would go with 15 I'll listen to her on this one. Fifteen. Per- <laughs> That's right. Fifteen percent more. <laughs> okay, so uh, demo, cleaning it all up, getting it out, did the lead-based paint, all that kind of stuff. Then you're gonna have the plumbers come in. They're gonna do. They're gonna change those valves out. Actually, no, that actually will be done at trim out when everything is put back in. And if you want to have it where when you're putting the vanity back in and you want nice small holes, right? Yeah, you got to coordinate with your plumber that I want to drill just small holes. Take those old ones off. Push the vanity in place. Put new ones on. So it takes a little bit of coordination. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so the, the plumbing rough-in will come in. They'll set the tub or the shower pan if that's happening. Um, move any drain lines that need to be moved. It's like, oh, we're going to go two feet over. Or we're going to put in another sink or those kind of things. So new shower valve. Um, that's what happens with the rough-in. And electrical is next. Electrical rough-in um, will often put in a new fan or move the fan or new lights or new sconces or extra switches those mm-hmm. kind of things. A thing that's we're seeing a lot of is people wanting to have an outlet next to their toilet for their bidet seat. Oh, okay. yes. That's a, Maybe not a their new phone. thing, right? After that scare with COVID at the beginning where we didn't have toilet paper, everybody's putting bidet seats in. <laughs> oh, gracious. Bidetking.com. Check it out. Seriously. Had a client spent more on their bidet seat than they did on the toilet itself. It's like $700. Uh, wow. It was fancy. Never used it, but it was fancy. So it wasn't a different unit. It just was a seat that went on your regular toilet? Right. I see. Yeah, it's got a heating It always comes and to toilets. Oh! It does. It always <laughs> comes back to toilets. Oh, my gosh. Okay. 
And so um, while you're planning for the plumber and planning for the electrician, again, having talked to your vendor, having talked to your people, you could say, these are the things we're going to do. They can give you an idea of how long that project will be, how many times they have to come back after something else is done mm-hmm. to give you a full picture of what that schedule is right. like. Like, you can't count on a plumber being able to, if you're moving things, okay, that's not just an afternoon. Yeah. Ask right. them how long right. what you're wanting them to do right. will take. They'll yes. know better than you. Right, right, right. And, and you want to you want to talk to a plumber before you ever start the project, right? right Get right. them so That's that you're planning, right? So that they know what they're doing. They know who you are. They know what the job entails, and then you can call them up and say, "Okay, I'm ready for you to come out." In three weeks, do you have availability? Right. Because, I mean, we are we are slammed. We yeah. are absolutely slammed. Um, okay. So then uh, you'd want to do any kind of inspections that you wanted to do after that if you're pulling permits, mm. um, you know, electrical after the permit. Elect, no, after you're doing your um, plumbing and electrical. Okay. Walls are still open if you're doing that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so you'll have inspections come in. And then you'll do um, any drywall repair if you're installing new drywall or uh, hardy backer or weedy panels for the tile. Those kind of things will go next. Um, And then painting. Mm. Before you put anything else in, paint. Mm. It's a whole lot easier to paint when there's absolutely nothing to go around it. And it just goes so quick and you're done so fast. And then you can just do a little bit of touch up when the bathroom's done. Because nothing nothing real dirty is going to happen at that point. No, not really. You're just starting to put it all back together right. at that point. The, so the dirty part is done. The right? drywall the, the, is probably your last dirty thing. Right. And you'll have them come in and, and well, unless you're doing it yourself, yourself right? You're yeah. doing the sanding and the texturing and the priming and all that kind of stuff. So once once that's all done, that's all the dirty stuff, really. Mm-hmm. And so just, yeah, just paint. Paint with nothing there. And literally, it will take you less than four hours to get the entire thing done. And then, woohoo. And then your lines look together. perfect. Yes. Yes. Uh, next would be um, cabinets, you know, in the kitchen or tile for the bathrooms, right? Mm-hmm. Put a tile on the floor, uh, tile and shower. Um, then you're going to do... Or new, new flooring New flooring is before cabinets. Typically not. No, flooring typically goes in after the cabinets. Okay. Unless you want your cabinets to be sitting on the on floor. On same floor. And, you know, it's, it's just an, it's an added cost. It's an added cost. And remember to think about it when you're doing your measurements. Right. Because that means that your cabinets are going to be up whatever right. thickness that of extra, your flooring. Yeah, that extra he- yeah, height. So then plumbing trim out. So they're going to put all the trim back and they're going to put the faucet handles in. They're going to take out those old supply lines, uh, valves, and change those out. Uh, and then electrical trim out as well. They'll put the light switches in and the light fixtures and all that. Then you're going to do your finishing touches, touch-ups, um, painting touch-up. Um, mm. new doorknob, maybe towel bars, those kind of things, uh, and then you're pretty much done, and you can have a final inspection. You'd be good to go. That's kind of that's kind of the rundown on on remodeling to give you an idea. Easy squeezy. Uh huh. Bim bam boom. Yes. If you have any questions about something that we sounded confused about. <laughs> <laughs> Or if we, that that was a kind of a big topic that we... It was a lot. We did kind of fly through. And if there's something to your particular case that you're thinking about, uh, why don't you drop us a line at askamy at Mm amyworks.com. So drop us a line. If you are enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review, a rating, and of course, share it amongst the world. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Lisa. Makes me wonder. Da 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 da
This podcast is sponsored by Amy Works, a residential remodeling contractor in Seattle. We want to help you realize the dream of your next kitchen, bath, or basement remodel. Check out some of our work on our website, amyworks.com. Give us a call at 206-478-2019 or send us an email at help at amyworks.com.